So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the first riot of the Luddites. Then on Tuesday, we unearthed the mad coincidence of the day two different Dennis the Menaces made their comic strip debuts. On Wednesday, the day the Spanish conquered the last Maya kingdom. Thursday was the day Colonel Sanders sued KFC. And on Friday, we recall how Vincent van Gogh's sister-in-law made his name. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, liberally spreading oral debris across the racetrack of Formula One podcasts. Ow! We're going to have to red flag, I think. My ears. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that is more than happy to forget about human rights abuses if there's fisticuffs on the track. Yes, hello, I'm John Todd and road safety is very important, but road rage apparently fine, don't worry about it. I'm Chica Ayres and today from a pub in London and a holiday cottage in Cornwall, we're going to talk about three safety cars, debris, a red flag, more debris, we'll gloss over some questionable human rights and some fantastic scissors. Yes, it can only be the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. We're going to talk about all of those things and more in today's For F1's Sake. With me is a man who is enjoying a holiday in the sun, slash Cornwall. It's Phil Tromans. Well, I'm not really with you. I'm sort of with you via the medium of the internet. You're always with us, Phil. I'm with you in spirit, uh, sort of, in, you know, in the smile of every baby. The theory was I'd be enjoying a holiday in the sun, and, and British listeners may remember that last week was absolutely scorching sunshine all week. It was incredibly warm. It was lovely. I was very much looking forward to a beach holiday. And uh, I got here last Saturday and it has been absolutely shitting it down the whole time. And that's your fault because you chose Britain as your holiday destination. Yeah. Well, you can blame HMRC for that, for launching a, uh, an unexpected tax bill on me from my freelance days. But if you all want to buy some more merch, maybe I can go to, I don't know, Rio next year or something. Okay, I will personally buy 4,000 t-shirts. <laughs> Thanks very much. And alongside him is a man who exposed himself last week. It's Terry Saunders. On this podcast, we use uh, SoundCloud to uh, manage all the files and everything. And I logged on to SoundCloud last week and a message popped up and said, Hi, you seem to use SoundCloud Cloud to do a podcast. We are thinking of doing more stuff for podcasts with SoundCloud. Could we interview you to see how you use SoundCloud? No. And I was like, yeah, all right, I'll do that, yeah. So I said yes. And then they went, okay, we'll do a Skype call tomorrow, that kind of thing, <laughs> and we'll do it. Anyway, the next day, that really hot day, I'd just been for a run. I was super hot, so I, I was like in my pants. And the Skype call comes up, and I answer it, and it's a video call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just there like, and not only is it me and my pants are just like bare-chested me on show, but there's like three suits in an office. I thought thought SoundCloud would be a bit cooler than that. It's just like these three guys, and I'm just, and I kind of panic and move the screen and go, oh, there's something wrong with the connection. Hang up, put a t-shirt on. (laughs) Terry, you make podcasts, you're not supposed to look good. Exactly. So then... (laughs) I ring back and no one mentions it and I'm like did they see because I, I move quite I'm quite <laughs> agile so they may not have actually noticed my bed nakedness but I'm not sure <laughs> anyway part of the interview they wanted to share my screen 
to kind of show how I use SoundCloud to look at stats and stuff like that. And you may remember the last episode. What did we name it? We named the last episode. I like pert nipples, and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so the screen share comes on, and they all you can just I can just see them all like go. Huh? Yeah. So suffice to say, I think we might have to move platforms. <laughs> Chica, what have you been up to? Well. I turned 27. First thing I thought was, oh, I better put the washing out. And then I was like, oh, it's my birthday, which shows. 27 is a good year. That's my favourite year. 27 is the age when uh, sort of anyone cool dies, isn't it? Oh, right. Okay. Well, I'm not cool, so I'll probably you're safe right. for this year. Cool. I think you're cool, Chica. <laughs> so I'm going to die. Well, happy, happy birthday, Chica. <laughs> ha- happy birthday, Thanks, Chica. Thanks, guys. Much appreciated. May you live to 28. We will start, as we do most weeks, with Listener's Corner, which is your chance to yell stuff at us via social media in the hope that we'll pay attention and acknowledge your existence. Naturally, everyone's been talking about the snafu in Baku. Mike Richmond on Facebook said, At first I thought it was going to be a boring procession interspersed with loads of safety cars. Then it was a boring procession interspersed with loads of safety cars and then after the red flag it went fucking mental Vettel ran Hamilton up the arse Stroll got beaten off by Bottas and Ricardo came first and made Stroll drink fluid from his shoe I had to check I was watching Channel 4 and not Pornhub <laughs> good work Mike Jonathan Petrovic said will the podcast just be 45 minutes of the sounds of you lot eating maple glazed crow courtesy of Stroll why crows? I don't know Right, so yeah, I was confused by this. Apparently, eating crow is a North American expression that means sort of, you know, oh, taking it back and being humble oh. and eating your words and all this kind of stuff. I'd never heard it, heard it before, well, and I'm intrigued stupid. to know where it's come Maybe from. It's... Why would you eat a crow? Is I don't know what crow tastes like. Is crow likely to be good? Because if it is, if it's like sort of chicken, the idea of it being maple glazed... If it was glazed, good, Phil, we would already eat it. I don't think there's a lot of meat. Think how much meat's on a chicken mm. compared no, to a right. crow. Crow's I think crow is going to be very gristly. Anyway, that's enough talking about Stroll, so uh, let's move on. (laughs) Bryce Davies says, I think the penalty on Vettel was a little over the top. I can't remember the last time an angry little German making an unexpected incursion ever resulted in any real damage. Hang on, is that Schumacher or Hitler? I thought it might be a Hitler thing, which was going to be good, except Hitler was Austrian, not German. And Schumacher was also Austrian. Was he? Let's start that (laughs) rumour. Germany is actually Austria. Okay, so we're going to talk about the Vettel-Hamilton collision. Cameron Brewster said, if he'd apologised to Hamilton after the race, I think everyone would have forgiven him for seeing red. But the fact that he's not even acknowledging that contact happened is making everything a whole lot worse for him. Scott Crawford said, I'm all for Vettel. I'm glad he hit Hamilton. In fact, I'm furious he didn't hit him harder. Mike Greenough said, there do seem to be people defending him because Hamilton brake tested him so Hamilton deserved it even when presented with evidence that it wasn't the case somehow he still blamed Hamilton so bearing all these things in mind what do you guys think Vettel is a dick just generally or specifically because yeah, of this I mean generally this hasn't really changed my mind on him but um <laughs> I don't want to get too sanctimonious but bear with me whilst I get sanctimonious <laughs> this took place under safety car conditions which means when you're under a safety car there are marshals on the track clearing up debris that you've put on there because you've been farting around in your Formula 1 cars so that is not the time to be taking your hands off the wheel and argy-bargying with someone else that's dangerous someone could have been killed could have had an well, eye out that's not the angle I thought you were going to go from Thank but you. I like it because I mean it seemed to me fairly straightforward but there does seem to be some debate among the uh, among the fans as to who actually was to blame for this like the initial collision just to check they have proven that Hamilton was not brake testing him yes well I mean this is multi-layered this whole thing so yes well, firstly according to- jet fuel can't is- melt steel beams <laughs> it all stems from that really doesn't it wankers on the internet with their conspiracy <laughs> theories Basically, the FIA have said that, they, that they've looked at, or rather the stewards, I should say, have looked at all the data and everything, and they've said, no, he didn't brake test him. He drove at exactly the same time he had previous safety cars. It was fine. It was all Vettel's fault. But people are pointing to the TV graphics. You know, you have the little graphic at the side of the screen that shows the t- live telemetry when they're accelerating, what gear they're in, when they're braking. And some people were saying that that seemed to show that Hamilton was braking when he came around the corner. Now, I, I watched that again just before we started recording and it seems to show to me that Hamilton did dab the brakes only after Vettel hit him up the arse and we went oh shit and hit the brakes which I think is probably understandable yeah because you just so, 
yeah. rammed up the arse. Because he's got to get out the car, swap insurance details, <laughs> addresses. <laughs> There's that, and also the fact that do we really think that the FIA are just going to, for no reason that I can properly tell, lie about the telemetry? I mean, why would they? And also, this weekend, the graphics were all over the bloody place. There wasn't any positions up for after race. It was blank screen, mostly. So the fact that we can just go, oh, their braking data must be right, that's probably on a delay anyway. Well, I think it was all right anyway, because I was watching it, and you can hear the engine tone at the same time, and it did seem pretty much in line. But it just seemed to me like Hamilton braked normally and trail braked through the corner as he would usually and then came off. Didn't accelerate because he didn't have to. He was in front. He could drive however the hell he liked and back up the pack if he wanted to. And Vettel just wasn't paying any attention and went into the back of him. And let's remember it's not the first time that Vettel has done this. If we remember, oh, where, where was about 2008, was it, it, when he took Weber out under a safety car? Would have gone away with it but if it was those pesky kids. But it just exactly. the banging into the back. It was the angry no. retaliation. That, I well, think, indeed. was the dangerous bit here. So this is the, this is the second bit of the, the whole controversy, and we'll, we'll get into the punishment in a minute. But I was trying to work out whether he deliberately went into him, or if you look at the, the camera over Vettel's left shoulder, the in-car camera, he's got one hand gesticulating at the time that he crashes into him. Did he deliberately do it, or did he just was he so busy waving his arms around like an angry, angry Italian man that, that he just lost control and went into the side of him? For my money, pretty much either is as bad as each other. You know, you should be in control of your Formula One car when you're a four-time world champion. If there's one thing I've learned from driving lessons, it's do not do anything that causes the other car to slow down, swerve or stop. <laughs> well, I would imagine at some point in the in, in your driving lessons, they also said, Terry, whatever you do, when you get angry, don't take both hands off the wheel and wave them around so that you drive into another car. That comes up after three-point turns, and I haven't got that far. <laughs> Whatever caused it, there is absolutely no excuse for Vettel. I can't really see why anyone could blame Hamilton for any of this. He's perfectly entitled to do whatever he wants. And much as on the road, you've got to be responsible for, for, for you know your car control behind the car. If you hit the car in front, it's your fault. You know, Even if they did slam on the brakes, you should have left, left sufficient gap to be, for you to be able to stop. So, two seconds. It should be a two-second gap, shouldn't it? Two chevrons. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty good rule of thumb. But um, Formula One's going to get better. I mean, do, do either of you disagree with that? Did any of you think that uh, a there were, you know everyone's making a big deal out of it, or or that Hamilton was in some way to blame? I think Vettel was entirely to blame. Uh, I'm not disputing that. I do think, though, in one of the most exciting races personally I've ever seen, so much more happened, and all people are talking about is this. The, the trouble is that this is this is a four-time world champion, in effect, assuming just for a second that he did it deliberately in the heat of the moment, using his car as a weapon. And okay, mm. it wasn't at a particularly high speed, but I th- I think that's you know in the same way that if you spit in a police officer's face, it's not going to hurt him. It's still assault, and he's still going to get All into right, a huge Phil, What you do at the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> the but I thought it was the worst thing that a driver has done in in quite a long time. And I thought that Vettel should have been at the very least disqualified from the race and probably disqualified from the next race as well. When you, when you consider that a few years ago, Grosjean lost control at the start of Belgium, took out a few cars and was given a race ban. The fact that Vettel, either through carelessness or deliberately, has used his car as a weapon against another driver, I think that's absolutely unforgivable. So you're saying 10 seconds was not enough? I, I don't think that was anywhere penalty. near enough. 12 I'm thinking like 24 hours of racing time. You know, am I am I on my own here? What do you guys think? I'm torn. I mean, I like a good ban. I always think that adds to a bit of drama. <laughs> there are some people who are very much along the lines of this might affect the championship. Therefore, let's just leave it, let it be, which I don't agree with. But I can see, you know, it would be a very disappointing championship if it came down to whatever points difference this punishment. I don't. I don't think you can bring that into the equation on this particular thing, though. That shouldn't have anything to do with what punishment you get. Yeah, but it does, doesn't it? I mean, you may well be right. And, and Kvyat, we wouldn't <laughs> care, would we? I think if it was Carlos Sainz and Kvyat, they they probably would have banned one of them. If Hamilton hadn't lost the headrest, it wouldn't have really affected his position. That's a good point. And therefore, we wouldn't really be talking about it that much. Yeah, it's only because. And let's just give a little round of applause for the stewards uh, for their timing of just when 
Hamilton has to come into the pits for a headrest. The caption comes up that Vettel's got a penalty. That was exciting. That was exquisite. Just to take an extreme comparison, there was a, now, was it a Formula 3 race last year? One of the lower single-seater formulas. There was a driver who'd been wronged for some reason and, and did a similar thing, albeit at a much higher speed, and sort of came flying back through, much like uh, much like Terry on uh, on F1 2016, came flying through the field and took out the guy that, had, that he tangled Whoa, with. Whoa, I didn't and take him out. <laughs> <laughs> and he a representation of a driver and he was fine <laughs> if anything I was shaking because that wheel vibrates very hard so this guy took him out and, and he I think he was banned for two years so well, that's just silly as well it was it? a lot it was admittedly a lot higher speed but the, the fundamental thing of using your car as a you know as a means of assault is, is the same in my book and I think whether or not it impacted the championship whichever driver it was whatever had happened to Hamilton I, th- I really think he sh- they, they should have come down hard on this because it makes the FIA look look weak on this sort of thing you know racing is dangerous and things will happen but having then, things happen by accident is one thing having things happen deliberately is very different but I've seen a lot of people say that it's like if, if you headbutt a, or hit another player in football you get an immediate red card but in football there's like a million squidian matches a year and there's like you know 20 races so actually one ban carries a lot more weight than being sent off so I well think I mean we're into we're into different territory here with, with what the ban on headbutting in football should be frankly I think they should be investigated for assault but well I say ban matter. him for a quarter of a race <laughs> well he's, he's allowed to start from the pit lane after 20 laps yeah <laughs> okay, we will return to the race in a bit, but in other news, Sauber is going from frying pan to flaming shit and has parted company with Monisha Kaltenborn. This is in the wake of suggestion that Marcus Ericsson is getting, getting preferential treatment over Pascal Verline. The speculation is that Monisha didn't want to do that and was promptly given the heave-ho by Sauber's new chairman. Sauber's owner, as of last year, Longbow Finance, have links to Marcus Ericsson, while Verlaine is a baby Mercedes driver. Sauber will be with Honda next year. What a mess. Who knows what's going on in that team? And let's just all take a moment to say that Longbow Finance is the worst name for a company that's ever existed. <laughs> no, I like everything. it. Oh, come on. No. It sounds like Strongbow, and for okay, that well, reason, I'm in. It is all a bit of a bit of a clusterfuck, isn't it? I mean, it does seem that there's that this. Uh, I forget the chap's name. He's got an Italian-sounding name, or possibly Swiss, as they're a Swiss company. The boss of the boss of Longbow Finance, who's now the big daddy at, at Sauber, does seem to favour Marcus Ericsson massively because of Which, the. Uh, their from an aesthetic him. point of view, I don't get. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all about looks. There was a great moment. I listened to the uh, Checkered Flag podcast with, I was going to say, friend of our podcast, yeah, Jenny Gale. But oh, yeah, she's yeah, I was thinking slightly she's a friend scared, of the podcast, yeah. Slightly scared of our podcast, grimly aware of it. I think hatred is probably <laughs> yep. the, the right word. And they interviewed, because obviously they got better access than us, you know, slightly. Uh, they interviewed Ericsson and Verlan over this. And she asked a very good question. She said, how did you find out? And Ericsson was like, oh, the head of Longbow Finance uh, rang me and said, we're getting rid of Carlton Bourne and, you know, everything's going to stay the same. And Verlan, it was Carlton Bourne who rang him and went, I've just been bloody fired. So that's very interesting where they are in the scheme of things. Do we expect to see sort of Verlan driving around in some sort of cobbled together jalopy at the next race while... Uh it's Ericsson has suddenly got the, the finest car we've ever seen. What's a jalopy? Uh, I have no idea. A really shit car. Oh, okay. As you were. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> now that Sauber have signed with Honda, they've got no reason to keep Mercedes sweet and treat Verline nicely. That's my theory. He's so dreamy. Well, let's talk about Force India. Are they no more? Now, according to a proper F1 journalist, Joe Sayward, another actual F1 journalist, Adam Cooper, has done some digging and found out that Vijay Malia's accountant has registered a variety of companies with the name Force One Racing, prompting us to make the not unreasonable deduction that Force India might be about to change its name for 2018. Well, this has been something that was that was sort of rumoured for a while that Force India might be thinking about changing the name because apparently having the having the Indian name didn't bring in the influx of Indian sponsorship that perhaps they thought they might get. And obviously, and there's it's no a shit name. Well, it is a shit Force name. Force One is worse. Force One is worse. I can't believe they've got all the words in the English language. <laughs> they've gone from a shit name 
to a shitter name. <laughs> well, I mean, anything would have been better. Table would have been better. Radiator ta- F1 racing. <laughs> Presumably, they've done this so that they only have to change one word and all the marketing stuff. They've probably got a massive stack of T-shirts, just like we have with our Stoffel Ruffle merch. Uh, that they don't want to. They just they, this way they can just paste one over the India, and everything's groovy. I mean, it is tricky because forcing are doing very well, so you don't want to rebrand. A company that's doing well but then shit name always been a shit name shit name from the start i called it shit name is it the shittest name in, in fact, history of f1 no, what absolutely I mean, not in fact not. they should call their team shit name <laughs> no i like the name force india oh diversity God. what's right. what's oh, been no, worse no, no, than force no, india don't, don't make this about no. me sounding racist because i don't like the name force india Flip it's it. a force it doesn't make any sense it's politically dodgy that, that you've called it Force India, suggesting some sort of oppression against India, and the team is based in the British Empire. Or that India is a force to be reckoned with. Well, then I mean, where's their fucking sponsorship money? Come on. You can tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1's Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. <laughs> So let's return to the Grand Prix with the teams. And we're going to start this week with Red Bull. Now, like an artful dodger with great teeth, Daniel Ricciardo has again plucked a win from other people's pockets or two. At one point, 17th. Who'd have thought that he'd be getting wet shoes today? No, I mean, you've got to give it to him. Doesn't give up. Little plucky bastard was last nearly and then, you know, won the race. Well done. Took advantage of the safety car, zipped on past... That move he did own oh. 26 cars was amazing. I think that would, might be the overtake of the year so far. Uh, in, in a race where there was also a really good one from Magnussen, which we'll talk about later, but the, was it three people in one go, was it? Yep. Isn't it every win he's got, he's actually just got from other people fucking up? Which isn't <laughs> well, is, it, is, it, is it his fifth win? Yeah. I heard a really one. good stat from, uh, from Sean Kelly, virtual stat man on Twitter, that um, I believe, if I remember it rightly, because I've got it in front of me, that every one of Vettel's wins has come from when he started in the top three. And every one of Ricardo's wins has come from when he hasn't started in the top three. Ooh. It was essentially another great example of A, not giving up, and B, just sort of playing the hand you're dealt. He did everything in his power to drive as well as he could, and it, and it came off for him. And you could frankly say that about the whole of the top three as well. Because there's been no there's been no changes to the car, has there, before this weekend? I don't think so, no. And the thing is, they were well behind Ferrari and Mercedes. They had no right to win the race, but... That's how things happen. They were there to pick up the pieces when shit went down for everybody else. Yep. And what about Verstappen? Oh, God, Verstappen. He's he's having a bit of shit time of it at the moment, isn't he? Is that like half the races so far or something? His cars let him down? Yeah. What what was wrong this time? Don't care. Engine. Something in the engine went again. He's feeding Terry's prejudices here. It's not doing him any any favours. But it's been the car every time, as far as I can remember. Mm. Um, I just say it as I see it. But nothing's happened to Ricardo's car, just saying. Exactly. At least he's got wet shoes and that <laughs> helps the, the electrics. Cool, keep things cool. <sighs> it, it was another shoey. Are we, are we bored of that now? Yes, I was yeah. bored of it from the first one. I mean, if anything, I think that Ricardo is bored of it because it was Coulthard started it and it, he felt a bit uncomfortable. And he didn't do it naturally this time. Yeah, exactly. he, got, he had to be told to do exactly. it. Well, yeah. I mean, should he just ditch it quietly, or should we be we, should we be urging him to replace it with something new? I'd I'd like to see him in a few years have a really dominant championship-winning season, and being forced to do it to the point where he's just like crying. Oh, don't make me do it! <laughs> he's just retch- dry retching on yeah. the podium. <laughs> That'd be great. Or like giving up podium places. He's like, I can't. I can't believe I started this. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about Ferrari. A boring race was transformed by at one point having more safety cars than F1 teams lapping. Now, we have talked about Vettel a lot, so let's move on to Raikkonen. What happened here? He got torpedoed by, uh, by Bottas again. It was another Battle of the Finns. And whose fault was it? Well, Ooh. Bottas kind of fucked up a corner and slammed into Raikkonen it wasn't really his fault was it I mean I would say racing instant basically uh, yeah Raikkonen got a really good drive but he was on the outside and it was one of those corners where if they'd have both brilliantly held their line they would have been fine and Raikkonen probably would have got a really good overtaking move but the trouble was that Raikkonen had was in front just to the point where he pushed Bottas over 
whereas where Bottas had to jump over the curb, and when he jumped over the curb, he lost traction on his tyres and just slid into the side of Raikkonen. So I think it was just one of those things. So it would seem a little bit harsh to to properly throw the book at, at Bottas for it, but um, just one of those things really. Just unfortunate that once again the two fins have come into each other, so to speak. It does seem weird, so to speak, that um, they do see seem to be on track together a lot don't they <laughs> but the best thing was learning from the uh, penalty screen the caption that there's a thing called a fast lane I'd never seen that I've never heard of that before what oh was this in the this is in the pit lane yeah yeah when they got penalty it was like because Raikkonen's car wasn't repaired in the fast lane under the red flag as it as in they did it in the garage that that was a penalty because you had to do all your repairs in the fast lane which is a pit lane why well, they call it the fucking pit well, lane? Where they were stationary. Yeah. Well, if, if, I've, if I've interpreted that right, you remember we were talking about in one of the IndyCar episodes the fact that they had sort of two lanes of pit lane that they could come bombing down when they all came in and out. And, and I said there's, there's a similar thing in F1. And I believe that if you're, if you're going slightly slower, i.e. you're about to pit or you've just come out of the pit, you should stay in the, in the slow lane, which is the one closest to the pit garages. Um, so when everybody was in under the red flag and all the cars were being worked on, they were in the fast lane and the cars that were penalised for, for changing in the wrong place weren't. But they all stopped. Yes. So it wasn't a fast lane. It was well, it lane. wasn't on that occasion, but that's that's apparently what they call it. I didn't know it was called that, but that, that's what I understood. Exactly. Point is, it's incredibly complicated and nobody knew about it, which is what F1 rules are all about. Right, Mercedes. Now, Hamilton looks set to dominate this weekend with an amazing pole position. But even after 4,000 safety cars, a red flag and Dickgate, he was still looking good for the win until his headrest got bored of being an unknown team player and rose up. Which meant we got to see the best low-tech solution in F1, big old metal scissors and gaffer tape. But let's not forget Bottas, who was last at one point and went to second on the line with this headrest issue. Yep. I got confused because it was up and he had to hold it down. Yep. But then he seemed to push it down yep. and then carry on driving. And they said, box, 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 box. They kept rising back up again. Basically, when he went fast, it was trying to squeeze the headrest out of the car uh-huh. like like toothpaste from a tube. And he had to push, push it back down. Uh-huh. But then when he went fast again, it would pull back up. And eventually it may have just flung off and got in the air and hit Vettel in the eye. Can I just have a little uh, moment, a little tear here, for the black and orange flag? Back in the old days of Formula 1, you had flags. Not these yellow lights around the track, which are more efficient. But yellow flag was, you know, slow down. Blue flag being lapped. And the black and orange flag meant there's something wrong with your car. You've got to come into the pits. And it would be displayed with the car's number. They are travelling at over 100 miles an hour. So checking what number's on the flag. They can just tell them now. That would be great to go, hang on, what was that number? For Fred, what was that number? I think it said 44. What am I again? I can't remember. Oh, God. I, oh, where was I last year? Third, fourth, 44. Yeah, that's me. Oh, shit. Uh, I don't know, but I think it's symbolically, even just the caption. There was a great race in like the late 80s or early 90s where they held out the flag and it was a big controversy. And It's just it's great. I just love that kind of shit. I love flags. What are you saying? <laughs> I'm saying there should have been a flag. Oh, okay. Did you put this on scissors. the F1 fan survey? Because I feel this is, it's too late to say this now. There was a big survey what? about what F1 fans wanted and, and where was your bit on flags? My whole comment was just the word flags repeated 20 times. <laughs> flags, 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 flags. But let's have a round of applause for those scissors. Did you see those scissors? Good I didn't old. see them, no. I must have missed these. Oh, so when he was actually going to the pits, they, sh- they cut to a shot in the pit lane of... You know, like old-fashioned kind of teacher's scissors, like the big bastard metal scissors. Like slightly curved. Yeah, like the sort curved. you get in John Lewis when you get in fabric. Oh, I know that. Why would I know that? I don't know. <laughs> two uh, types of gaffer ca- tape Two well, types of gaffer tape. And I don't mean in the end, they just replaced it and got a new one. But, ah, <laughs> oh, wouldn't that have been good just to see them taping the car down? That's what you want. But under so one. much pressure. Oh, God, I can't get the end of the tape. Oh, no. <laughs> Somebody find I'm it. losing seconds. <laughs> oh, God. Why have we got all the dispenser things? We're in Mario Minion Formula 1 team. There should be a dispenser. <laughs> I didn't actually see the scissors, but the, the image that you're painting is of is of a, a sort of a comedy large pair like they used to sort of cut the rhythm when they open rhythm, ribbon yes, when they open yes. the supermarket. They were like that. All right, so let's talk about Bottas. Really great drive from last to almost near the front. But do you know what? I was really cross with him. Last minute, 
overtook Stroll to take second when that little boy had been driving like a hero. <laughs> I do always have a wonder about this because, as you know, as a Formula One fan, it's always good to have the stories. And Stroll getting second was a slightly better story. I mean, he still got on the podium, so it doesn't really matter. But that would have been better to be second as a kind of after the whole year he's had. At the same time, I always have this kind of, I'm sure very naive and not at all like how racing works, idea that at the back of Bottas' mind, he's there going, oh, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> oh, it would be quite nice if he got second, wouldn't it? I'd just back off a bit. But obviously, that's not how racing drivers work, mm. and that's not how they should work, because that's it. But no. I often think, you know, you know if like in classic races in the past where someone's going to get their first win and someone overtakes at the last minute, you think, does that driver go, oh, it would be nice if he got a win? Oh, I just let him go. But I agree with you. But imagine what's going through Stroll's head. He's going along. He's like, "Shit, I'm going to second. Second, I'm going to be in second. No, he's just I'm thinking gonna, money. People are going to say money. <laughs> and he's then, still, got, he's still got third. That's pretty and good. And the first thing he said when he got out of the car was, "I thought I was going to get a second. <laughs> well, you thought wrong. Melt your heart. I thought it was good from Bottas because let's face it, he's sort of uh, slightly under pressure for his position. Would you say is fair enough? He's yeah. not been firing on all cylinders all all, all races, so. Yeah, having, I don't know, having a good I... charge and not giving up until the last minute. Other oh, is good. Well, well done him. Can I ask a quick question? Yep. Slow safety cars. Was the safety car too slow? <laughs> I mean, why? hard, to, hard to tell for me to be honest. Uh, without being there. lots of people said it was, including well, mainly Hamilton. It's about keeping tire temperature, which is one of those things that. Let's be honest. Nobody, and I mean nobody, watching Formula One understands. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> no, you don't. You think you do, but you it don't. It depends on what level you're talking about. No, none You've of us You've got to keep it. the tyres hot or they don't work. Yeah, we all think we know that, but we don't know what that means. You know, we don't understand. It's, it's a vague, just a stupid thing. Well, you'll all know from your own private lives that hot rubber is a lot grippier than cold rubber. We, no, we don't get it. No, it, it, What? Just because... No. No. Stupid. Okay. I... Um, I get it. Let's make tyres all the same temperature. You don't get it, Phil. You just think you do. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> Hot tyres work better than cold tyres. Cold tyres, you skid all over the place. If you've ever been karting, the first lap out of the pits, you skid all over the place. You've got to warm uh, them up before I have they been work. karting, and I was skidding over the place on all laps. <laughs> so, that really... You probably really didn't heat your tyres up enough. Well, what? I don't know. I didn't have a hairdryer with me. Well, I did, but there was no plug socket. <laughs> Williams! Okay, the scandal that should have rocked F1 this week was that Stroll was forced to do a shoey whilst his father looked on. He is too young for this. Only Verstappen is a younger podium stander and Stroll is a younger. Tenuous fact in this something doesn't sound too impressive. Well, there's just been so many facts about Stroll this weekend. And and none of them are is. None of them are catchy and soundbitey. It's like, he's the best position he's the best finisher in his rookie year who's young oh no he's the first canadian to not be a canadian on the oh no oh, just stop it right he's young he's doing all right okay the stats told us nothing but do you think we have had just a glimpse of what stroll is going to be like in the future no okay I think we've got Why? all of what he's going to be like in the future this is as good as you're going to get he's going to luck into a couple of things to be fair there was a lot of pressure on him he did okay but let's not forget he came third because a lot of people crashed out I mean, where, where are we standing on Stroll now? Because I, th- I think everyone can agree that we've, we've we've been behind him from the very start. We've always been convinced that he's, you know, he's more talent than money. Is that is that fair to say? I think. I mean, I know you're being funny, Phil, but still, no. But he did drive well in a let's face it, not brilliant car. He did all right, but that, that, that still, just, no. What about Massa? What about Massa? What about Massa? I can't really remember what happened to Massa. There's something he retired about Massa. again. I mean, he was doing all right, and then after the red flag, he drove around, and he was he was ahead of Stroll, I think, at that point. And then there was something wrong with his car, and it had these like terrible, depressing messages of like, "Guys, there's something wrong with my car." And I was just like, "Oh God, a mechanic's left a spanner in there or something." And, <laughs> and I got pretty qualified by Stroll as well. Oh did, yeah, but right. yeah, Massa's like our age, Phil. So come on, <laughs> in the prime of his life, you mean? I've got an achy hip. Are, are we saying then, well done, Stroll, on this one? Not too bad, but let's. And let's reserve judgment until later in the season. We need a rolling yes. average, three races. So he's scored points in Canada, he's come third in this one, but the race before that he finished, didn't now finish. Let's start from this one and we'll judge it in three races' time. Brilliant. Oh, first right. Force India. Force, Force one. one. Force One. They are looking set to do another of those unlikely good results. When, on cold tyres after a restart, Ocon and Perez had a threesome with the wall. Now, who was at fault here? The wall. 
<laughs> that wall was too close to the track. That wall should have stayed away. This was interesting after the debacle in Canada, wasn't it? With the the debacle. Well, yeah, the Baku. Yeah, exactly. I thought, having watched it back, I thought this was Ocon's fault for not giving Perez enough room. It was but almost fair, like science turning into Grosjean in the last race. It's revenge from last race. Yes, maybe. But um, it was Ocon's fault, and it and it fucked the team who, were, again, as you say, looking likely to do rather well. Do you think um, Ocon came home in sixth? So yeah, I don't quite know good. how he managed to uh, to recover from that. But but he so, put Perez out the race. He deprived himself of what could have been better than sixth. And it's I don't know. I, I wonder if somebody at, at, at Force India is going to have to uh, sit them down and have words with them, bang their heads together. I'll do it. Hey, yes. Hey. So Magnussen was really actually bloody good. He overtook Sainz and ex-world champ Alonso in one sweet move. And for a few laps, I thought we'd see a Hayes on the podium. But as is typical with the team, their results were a bit shit and the car is still grey. Is this Magnussen revealing his true talents? I mean, he was all right. I thought he was pretty, really, actually very good. A really good overtake that we talked about earlier. It's the same with him since we've seen when he comes in. You know, every now and again, he's really good. And the rest of the time, he's kind of like, eh. Flashes of brilliance, otherwise generally quite average. I'd agree. That sums up the team to me. And bloody hell, stop it. Grosjean with the brakes at this point. Wouldn't you think that Grosjean would come in on a Friday <laughs> with a suitcase guy? I've like, I bought my own fucking brakes. <laughs> <laughs> How could he moan about the brakes all the time? They're not that hard to change, are they? Have they? Because really? they, they were going to change suppliers. Have they done that yet? I can't remember. I don't think so. I don't know why. Sauber, what did Ericsson and Verline get up to in the race? Well, Verline scored yet another point for mm. Sauber. So, you know, for a team that's favouring the other guy, he's doing pretty well. And Ericsson, Ericsson was only one point behind him, though. One point behind him is zero points, though. That's a very good so point. So he was exactly one point behind one point. Zero points. Next. Renault. Oh. Oh. Palmer set fire to his own car to give himself an excuse and the Hulk binned it into a wall. This is a stupid question, but weekend to forget for Renault? Yeah. I think it's a weekend to remember because Palmer just, what a penis, right? <laughs> so <laughs> Did he do much a, wrong this weekend, though? He, he, he did an interview. He did an oh, interview yeah, okay, with, yeah, fair enough, with yeah. the BBC where they were like, they can, I think it was Jenny Garrigan, friend of the podcast, <laughs> foe of the po- podcast, someone who lives on the same planet as us. And <laughs> she brilliantly said to him, you know, at the start of each race weekend, you know, you've got a lot of pressure on your shoulders. How do you deal with that pressure? And he just said, well, by avoiding interviews like this. Oh, yeah. Do you know you're what? lucky anyone's interviewed yeah, you, mate. Yeah, you know, give, it, give it a couple of months, mate. No one's going to even be ringing you. So take it while you can. <laughs> like, he's getting really aggravated. He's being rubbish, and mm. even his car's like... You know that story I told a couple of months ago about my driving instructor putting his hand in dog poo to avoid a lesson <laughs> with me? Yeah, yeah. I feel like Palmer's car just saw him coming and went, I can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, in, in fairness to Palmer, just to, to give the illusion no. of being even-handed, I don't think he did, apart from being a snivelly little bastard, he didn't do that much wrong this weekend. It was his car that let him down. He didn't really have a but chance what, to fuck it up. What did he do that was right, Phil? Well, I mean, that, fin- I mean, that is another way of looking at it. Thank what you. happened in qualifying? Because he finished in 20th. He couldn't he get out, could he? Couldn't get out or wouldn't. Do you and then, say about Hulk- oh, yeah. Hulkenberg, come on. <laughs> that was the weirdest crash I've seen. Did you he see had- the in-car footage of him binning it? Yes. No. Where he hit the inside of the corner. He didn't drift out wide and hit the outside. Because normally, sort of centrifugal slash centripetal force, whatever it is, takes a car out. And you normally see him get too close to the wall and clip it on the outside. And this time, he just he looked, he looked like he turned it in, expected it to slide, and it didn't. And he just literally drove into the corner of the of the turn. It was really weird. Problem there, Phil. And I don't know. I can't believe I've got to explain this to you. But his tyres were too warm. <laughs> I mean, you may well actually be onto something there. Um, that he, he just expected, he got more grip than he expected and, and yep. just sort of, but well, either way, he balls it up and knocked his wheels off. Like I was saying, no one understands this tyre thing. No, even Nico Hulkenberg. Yep, no one gets it. Next. Toro Rosso. It took me some time to remember what happened to Toro Rosso in the race. To summarise though, Sainz did a spin on lap one, which might have been Kvyat's fault, and then he got stopped because something went wrong. Anything else stand out for you guys? The I don't think bit. it was. It wasn't Kvyat's fault. I was reading that, thinking that. No, because I, I I rewatched it on the way here. So whose fault was it? So Kvyat went off, went back on the track. You know, about 
100 feet away from Science, <laughs> and Science kind of went, oh, he's really near me, and just span. I went, oh, God. It was like when, it was like when a, a bee flies next to your mum, and she goes, oh. So, Not your mum. Like, uh, but he then shouted on the radio, oh, Danny came back on like a madman. <laughs> yeah, and he was just like, oh, God, there was a, there was a bee, so I panicked. So Science is scared of Kvyat. And That's bees. what we've learned. Yeah. And bees. Kvyat is a bee, I think, is, is bee. what we're saying, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. A pest. Although bees aren't pests, are They're they? They're not pests. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I've um, got a jar of Kvyat, honey. <laughs> oh, very, oh. It's a very strange consistency. I don't know how you collected that. Now, let's finish with McLaren. Points have finally been achieved, but immediately overshadowed by Alonso, saying that he should have won because he's clearly finally flipped. Stoffel Roffel didn't do so great either. And there are rumours that Alonso will walk if Honda engines are still in the back of the cars next year. But where would he move to? Well, that's the question, isn't it? I mean, where can he go? There's Mercedes. I don't think they'll have him because, you know, he's a bit of a dick. Um, <laughs> Ferrari aren't going to have him back because, you know, that would show weakness. Red Bull don't seem to like him at all. So, you know, the rest of the teams are rubbish, apart from Renault which you know I mean McLaren is the most rubbish here pretty much so it's been the story of Alonso's last 10 years really isn't it he just can never get himself in a good team at the right time i.e. when they're good and chances are McLaren next year if he leaves will be brilliant again well you never know with that Honda engine they could get a podium by Barcelona well funny you should say that Terry because this brings us nicely seamlessly and not at all in a pre-planned manner to uh, some new merch that we can offer you the wonderful listener yes there is new t-shirts going on sale as we speak which is a lovely new design which simply says podium by Barcelona and then <laughs> there's like a grid and then our logo's at the bottom at the back of the grid so um, I mean it's a yeah, visual thing it's a visual thing you should probably it's pretty look visual it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably haven't done it justice I mean it's got a hole for the uh, head oh. and both the arms couple <laughs> but I think we could definitely afford one arm, depending just where you're looking, and then a hole for like, your body. Yeah, we're not doing the Kubitz of t-shirts yet. Wow, that's the sort of thing I'd say for. <laughs> and yeah, so don't forget, these are eligible for our ongoing competition of try and get a picture of one of our t-shirts at a Formula One event on the TV coverage, not one of your own pictures sent in on Facebook. Doesn't Although count. we do like those as well. We do love those, mm. they're lovely. I often look at them at night. Um, have, we had, have we had any on TV coverage yet? None on TV coverage yet, but yet. I'm going to put a special one out there. I'm going to give out of my own pocket a £100 prize if... It's not going to happen, it's fine. It's not, I'm not really going to give the money away. <laughs> if, in fact, we're all going to give £100. Wait, what? <laughs> if you can wear the T-shirt at a Spanish Grand Prix and a McLaren gets on the podium <laughs> and you get on the coverage. If you manage that trifecta... £100 from us all. £100 from us all. Yeah, fair okay. enough. I'll check quid for that. So you can get your Podium by Barcelona t-shirts from ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Okay, in the lead of the championship is... Ah! 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 What? I didn't do nothing. With 153 points. Second place is... I've got a new tattoo on my hand. It just says headrest. Uh, third place. <laughs> Fuck you, Stroll, with 111 points. <laughs> Fourth place. Did you notice how not even I want to do the shooting anymore? It's become a meme. Oh, I hate my life. Um, fifth place. Steering wheel. Sixth place is 45 points. That was a great race. Not. That's Verstappen, I think. I can't remember. Um, seventh. It was that stupid dick at the pink car's fault with 44 points. And eighth. It was that stupid dick at the pink car's fault with 35 points. Oh, inter-team rivalry there. Ninth place. Carlos Nectar Points Jr. I've really struggled with Carlos Sainsbury's every week. Tenth. My engine retired, but I wasn't ready with 20 points. 11th, Hulk hit wall with 18 points. 12th, I am amazing and rich, 17 points, podium position. Uh, 13th, hey, it's Kevin, I was nearly in a podium once, remember me? 11 points. 14th, there is something wrong with my brakes again, with 10 points. 15th, there's no favouritism in Sarah, but I do have points, bitch, it's 5 points. Uh, 16th, what's the point with 4 points? That's Kvyat, I think. Can't remember. And 17th. Should have won. Two points. Salonso, you deluded bastard. Constructors. First place, we have proper scissors. 250 points. Second place, we don't talk to you with 226 points. Third place, shoe laundry bill. Surprisingly high this year. 137 points. Fourth place, someone put a red sock in our white laundry. 79 points. 
Fifth, uh, great. Now the intern's all cocky. 40 points. That's Williams. Sixth, both of our boys are sad. 33 points. Seventh, has to be something better coming. I struggle with Haas as well. It's hard. Eighth place. At least Hulk is doing... Oh. Ninth, Longbow shoots itself in the head. Tenth, McLaren Honda. Shittest points ever <laughs> with two points. <laughs> Now it is time for the 2017 FF1S Grand Prix Fantasy League powered by Grid Rival. Phil! Thank you very much, Chica. Yes, let's look at the top five of the FF1S Grand Prix Fantasy League powered by Grid Rival. And we see that crashing into the top five, uh, up two places, is Mika's Mighty Racers. Uh, in fourth place, staying there, is Just Drive Racing, Terry's favourite song. Down Just one. Just Drive. Down one in third place is Platypus, while taking that pl second place uh, up one is Testing Testing 123, and a non-mover at the top, who appears to just be absolutely running away with it, is uh, is Toto Wolf's Mercedes-Benz AMG, who we, uh, we don't actually know who it is, but we assume it's Toto Wolf. But the battle that everybody really wants to talk about is the battle of the presenters. Uh, so within the three of us, or should I say the four of us, uh, in last place at the moment is Chica's real team, Nice Haas, which didn't score anything. Uh, and is in 284th place. In third place among us is uh, Terry with Let's Get Fonky, who uh, scored very well, 610 points in the last round and is on almost 4,000 points. I did, I got bonus points because of Road Rage. I used my Joker. Second place of all of us is uh, is me, Tinduck Racing, dropping down, because uh, I was leading it last time, uh, on 4,347 points. And leading, uh, according to what's written here, is Chica, but it's actually Chica's boyfriend, Tom, and his team drink driving with Jolien that Chica We've, has, uh, uh, has climbed on. our talents. Yeah. And um, I've got a lot to do with this. I'm so gonna, I'm, I've got to have a word you. with the FIA here because I'm pretty sure there's some... I'm going to get some sort of European commission to look into this because this is, this is very suspicious. But anyway, at the moment... Drink Driving with Jolien slash Nice Haas, which is Tom slash Chica, is winning with 4,380 points, which is not much more than me. So uh, look out, come Austria. It's going to be on. Don't forget, you can still get involved with the FF1S Grand Prix Fantasy League powered by Grid Rival by going to our website and following the link. The link that you need is Terry. www.ff1s.com C-O-M, otherwise known as COM. Uh, the slanty line thing, and then Grid Rival with two eyes. But not next to each other. No, no, no. One in Grid and one in Rival. <laughs> Just thought I'd spell that out. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Crime and punishment. Sebastian Vettel did a naughty thing on Sunday. And aside from thousands of idiots on the internet who have a single JPEG between them, that's not in doubt. But what should happen next? He's off to a tribunal where they'll decide if a 10-second stop-go penalty is enough, or whether he should have the book thrown at him. Or rather, whether they should take both hands off the book and absolve all responsibility when it hits him. He could be stripped of points from Baku, even get a race ban like what they used to in the old days when they had flags. But this is a close championship and, perhaps rightly, a lot of people will be pissed off if it's decided by a points margin equaling the punishment. But then again, is it acceptable to do something really fucking dangerous under safety car conditions? Answer, who fucking knows? Like all what-ifs, the problem is that there were no marshals there, and if there was, it probably wouldn't have happened. It's a silly argument. Also, could have been worse, but it wasn't. If it had damaged Lewis's car, and he was out of the race, I'd imagine there'd be more uproar, but it didn't. In fact, if his headrest was on properly, this would actually have less uproar. Swings and roundabout and old metal scissors. But here we are, and what do we do? How do we punish Seb, and why? Don't worry, I have a solution. I know, you're all expecting me to be silly and say his Ferrari at the next three races should have a big I'm an idiot in giant letters or he has to chauffeur Lewis to a Snapchat event or do a race <laughs> with a Honda engine, ha 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 ha. But actually, I'm going to be semi-serious here. We have a simple rule in FF1S, don't be a dick. We hate Joyless Palmer, not just because he's terrible, there have been many terrible drivers, it's because he's so unwilling to accept the fact. We were not Alonso fans until he was in a shit car and got all sassy, so this is the same kind of rule. Now, whether it was a moment of hot-headedness or a deep, aggressive character flaw, what Vettel did on Sunday was a dick move. He then further compounded his dick by refusing to even admit that he'd done anything wrong. 
If he'd have apologised and said it was heat at the moment, then fine. But he hasn't. So therefore, the official FF1S proposed punishment is the strongest that we can meet out. Execution. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't think that's excessive. Yeah. I mean, tele- televised or private or public? Oh, televised. Tie him to two Formula 1 cars and... <laughs> <laughs> So that's it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We have not had time to talk about what could be uh, a new team coming to F1 at some point soon. There are all sorts of unconfirmed rumours and various companies being registered and all sorts of... Nobody knows what's going on. But it does seem possibly that there might be some sort of Chinese-backed F1 team, possibly maybe in the making maybe called China Racing, which would be an even oh, worse name than Force India. China. <laughs> yeah. But nobody knows what's going on, which is why we haven't really had time to talk about it, but we'll keep an eye on it. And to Terry Saunders. Basically, I haven't thought of anything, so I thought <coughs> I'll load up Autosport and I'll just say the first thing I see and make it as I can find it. And it says, Ocon phone Force India F1 teammate to resolve team orders row. But I read it as Ocon was forced to phone him, <laughs> which is a better story. So let's say that. Ocon was forced at gunpoint to ring Sergio Perez to fix this thing oh. also buy a t-shirt we'll be back in two weeks time to discuss the Austrian Grand Prix in the meantime though check out our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake for race commentary which is very reliable isn't it Terry well basically the way it happens is the first part of the race very exciting Middle of the race, I tend to have a bit of a snooze. <laughs> then I wake up and panic that I've not tweeted a, li- a bit, so I then at the end of the race, lots of tweets from me being sarcastic about the podium. And Instagram. Got an Instagram account. Have we put any pictures on it yet? Might be one. Look us up on Instagram and you might find us and our picture. Also, you're looking a bit scruffy. What? In audio form. Don't forget that you can smarten up by buying an FF1S t-shirt or perhaps a hoodie or miniskirt or a mug or any of the other amazing bits of merch that we have on our online shop. All the money goes towards buying our own F1 team for 2018. Force London. Force Hayward Teeth. <laughs> Terry, how could people find our web boutique? FF1S.com slash shop. I've got two pages there. I'm a professional. <laughs> There's shop and there's shop, shop, shop. I've thought of every eventuality apart from shop, shop. (laughs) There's not a shop, shop. Don't go to shop, shop. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Please help spread the FF1S word by telling your mates about the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, which is really useful for us. I've been Chikrez. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Podcast Network. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Hamburglar, the time is yours. Bravo, bravo. He said, these are McDonald's best burgers ever. And then, can I keep them? And then he just grabbed them and ran away. Brabble. Now get a Big Mac or double cheeseburger for two bucks in the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Must opt into rewards. Visit McD app for details. Available at most restaurants in this area. Comparison of McDonald's classic burgers to prior burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.